The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the 14th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. It is indeed from Mark 14, chapter, chapter 14, verses 12 through 26, and can be found on page 1579 in your pew Bible. On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, when it was customary to sacrifice the Passover lamb, Jesus' disciples asked him, where do you want us to go and make preparations for you to eat the Passover? So he sent two of his disciples, telling them, go into the city, and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him, and say to the owner of the house he enters, the teacher asks, where is my guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large room that is upstairs, and it's furnished, and it's ready. Make preparations for us there. The disciples left, and they went into the city, and they found things just as Jesus had told them. So they prepared the Passover. When evening came, Jesus arrived with the twelve. And while they were reclining at the table eating, he said, Truly, I tell you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. And they were saddened. And one by one they said to him, Surely you don't mean me. It is one of the twelve, he replied, one who dips bread into the bowl with me. The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him. But woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. And while they were eating, Jesus took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body. And then he took the cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them. And they all drank from it. He said, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. He said to them, Truly I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Mercy. Mercy is not exactly a word that you hear every day. In, for example, if you were walking on the pier with me, uh, down at Huntington Beach, and we heard someone say, Lord, have mercy. We might look around, and we'd see other people turn to see just what kind of person would use that word in public. 
Now, on the other hand, we say it in church all the time. We say, Lord, have mercy upon us, or in your mercy, Lord, hear our prayer, and so forth. And when we use these words, we echo what the blind men said to Jesus when they came forward to receive their sight. That's in Matthew chapter 9 and also in Luke chapter 19 or 18. The truth is we all come into this world with spiritual blindness because of sin. When we praise God, we cry for mercy, and we ask him, one, to forgive our sin, and two, to restore our spiritual sight. When we come to God for mercy, we are confessing that Jesus Christ is our Lord. He is our Lord because we belong to him. You see, he bought and he paid for us with his blood. That blood ransomed and redeemed out of the kingdom of darkness, he took us so that we could live with him in his kingdom of light. So the words, Lord have mercy on us, Those words are also a praise and a prayer, an acclamation and a petition. With these words, we welcome him. We confess him as Lord and pray for his gracious help. Just so you know, you have come to the right place at the right time tonight to welcome Jesus as he comes to us in both word and sacrament. We have come to the right place to receive his mercy. And he has plenty, plenty of mercy to give. On on this special night, We remember how he gave his mercy to his beloved church in an exceptional way. Tonight we remember the night that Christ founded the sacrament of the altar. The sacrament in which he feeds us. He feeds us his broken body. And he gives us his precious blood to drink. This night, then, is the beginning of the last phase of our deliverance, the beginning of our three-day journey with Jesus. In these three days, we go from his arrest in the garden to Pilate's judgment hall, then to the place of the skull, through his cross and death, and to his glorious resurrection. Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, 
and Easter day. Now it sounds like four days. But by biblical reckoning, it really is only three. Let me explain. The Jews begin each day at the setting of the sun. And anything that happens after sundown is part of the next day. So by that calculation, it is a three-day journey that we commence this Thursday evening. And by that calculation, then, it is the beginning of the day that would end in our Savior's death. And it all started with a meal. We have heard the word so often, perhaps I'm, I don't even need to say, perhaps many of you can recite these words in your sleep. Those words, our Lord Jesus Christ on the night in which he was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks. And then he broke it and he gave it to his disciples and said, take and eat. This is my body given for you. And in a few minutes, we will once again approach this altar and receive with our mouths the very bread of heaven. Now, under this earthly bread we break and the cup that we bless, we will eat and drink the flesh and blood of Jesus. And when we do, we will follow his last will in Testament where he says, do this in remembrance of me. Luke twenty-two nineteen. In the sacrament, the Lamb of God has left us a memorial of his mercy. It is a memorial that is far different than any other. We can go and visit the great battlefields of the world. In fact, I just talked to somebody today that's going to go see Normandy. And we can go there, and you, if you went, you would find elaborate monuments to celebrate the valor and the sacrifice of the soldiers who died there. If we were to visit the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, D.C., you would see and you would be dwarfed by the impressive image of the great emancipator. But these are all memorials to the dead. Now contrast this. The Lord Jesus is the lamb who was once was slain, but now is alive forever. And the memorial that he instituted is not a monument, but a meal. In this eating and drinking, we actually recall recite and rehearse his saving mercy. Now, some people might ask, what good is that? They might say, give me something I can use, Jesus. They could say, I could use some pointers on how to get along in this world I could use some advice on how to be happy and successful. 
I could use some instructions on how to find my way through the confusion and turmoil since my life has become a mess. But mercy? Mercy? What good is that? And that's our problem. Well, at least that's one of our problems. You see, God sends us his gifts, and we keep trying to mark them return to sender. We might even try to take them back ourselves in an effort to exchange them for something that we like better. Is there anything better than mercy? It is in his mercy that God opens up his heart to the world, sending forth the pure and holy Lamb of God to be slaughtered in our place, which is mercy in action. And as a result of his mercy, you and me, we do not receive the penalty that we deserve. Instead, God's own Son took that penalty upon himself. And that is the gift of Jesus and his death. This mercy, this gift is at the heart of this New Testament meal, the sacrament of the altar. I'm going to say this a couple of times through this message, but talk about being at the right place at the right time, at the right table for exactly the right meal. We know in reading Scripture that there had been memorial meals before this one. And we know that the night that Jesus was betrayed, he gathered in that upper room, as we read in our gospel this evening. He gathered in that upper room with his disciples to commemorate the exodus of his people from Israel, from their slavery under Pharaoh. And it was the Lord's Passover that we get this look at the scene where he institutes the sacrament of the altar. We know that God had given elaborate instructions to his people for the preparation of this feast. We know that the entree was lamb, but not just any lamb, not for the Passover meal. This was a lamb that had to be without blemish, without defect. And every time they ate that meal, the Israelites ate in remembrance of the Lord and his mercy. It was a meal that was full of hope and promise. But hope and promise under the very threat of death. Remember this, that the first night in Egypt when God set his people free, it was in the midst of imminent danger. For we know in every household in Egypt, the firstborn of man and beast would die that night. Remember? That is, 
in every household except where the blood of the sacrificial lamb had marked the door. At those houses, the deadly plague passed over, sparing all within. And on the night of their deliverance, God's people Israel ate that first Passover with mixed emotions. Surely it was with gratitude and joy. We can be sure of that. But it had to be tinged with dread. For the angel of death was passing overhead. Imagine a banquet given in your honor, but with small arms fire whizzing past and cracking over your head. These people knew that they had received mercy and that they had been miraculously delivered from sure and certain death. So this then was Israel's Passover, the Old Testament sacramental meal of deliverance. And in that meal, God's people bind on a body of a very animal, the very animal that had given them and given up its life by dying in their place. It was a sacrificial lamb. And it was a communion of sorts. It was a communion in the body that died to save. In the meal that we will eat tonight, there is a communion as well. But it is a communion in a living body. It is the body of the Lamb of God who has mercy on us. Jesus intervened to rescue us from slavery to sin and death. He became the curse for us, and he died upon the cross, giving his body and shedding his blood for the remission of our sins. You will receive a Passover meal that delivers you. It is your own portion of the Lamb's blood that paints you on the inside, your own personal Passover marking the door that death might pass over you. It saves you from sin. It saves you from death and the devil, and it gives you eternal life. Talk about being at the right place at the right time with the right meal. As Israel once dined on the flesh that revealed God's mercy and gave them life for death, So the church continually dines on the flesh and the blood that rescued us once and for all. In fact, that's why we do it every Sunday, because Jesus tells us to on this Monday Thursday, on this command Thursday. St. Paul drives this home when he calls the Lord Jesus our Passover Lamb. In 1 Corinthians 5, verse 7. And those lambs who gave their lives as the antidote to death in Egypt were only a dress rehearsal for the real thing. At the cross, the true Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, gave his body and shed his blood as a ransom price for the entire world. 
And so at the Lord's table this night, you and I are given yet again a front row seat in the great drama that won our salvation. You've heard that old song that asks, Were you there when they crucified my Lord? It's a nice song. It's a sweet thought. But it remains forever figurative because the plain fact is that you and I weren't there. We can't go to the cross. But tonight, the cross comes to us. While we cannot go to Jesus, tonight, he comes to us. First at our baptism, and now, repeatedly in this Holy Supper. The Lamb, who shed his blood, that we might live, says to us, drink of it, all of you. This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which was shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. In this sacred memorial meal, he does more, so much more than asks us to remember him. He himself actively recalls, and he gives us once again the fruits of his love. And he gives us all of the benefits of his saving death as he says, take and eat. This is my body which was given for you. And those two little words, for you, bring us confidence and consolation in this hour. For God's love is no shadowy abstraction. It's not just some warm, fuzzy feeling. It's real. God's love for you is real. And now sin and death and hell have been overcome since Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed for us. And now we may know for certain that we are not alone in this world and that the burdens and the sorrows of life that threaten to overwhelm us can never, ever take from us. They can never, ever separate us from the love of God. His love, his love is big enough to include the whole world. His love is precise enough, personal enough to address each and every one of us individually, right where you sit right now. God's Love is not a generic to whom it may concern. No. His love is for you, where you are, wherever you are. Again, talk about being in the right place at the right time, loved by the right God.
the only true God. And in this supper, the Lord of heaven and earth, he hands you his love on a platter. He doesn't give you a symbol. He doesn't give you an emblem. He gives you the true substance of his love, the very flesh that he offered on that cross, the perfect lamb without blemish or spot who freely laid down his life for you so that you might live. His is a love that you can sink your teeth into in the supper. His blood, which cleanses you from all sin, he gives you to drink. You're eating and drinking salvation. Mercy. Mercy. That is what we need. And that is exactly what the Lamb of God brings us. For wherever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So be at peace this night, knowing that death and destruction may loom and lurk on every side, but everything that troubles you and all that robs you of your happy is eclipsed tonight in this banquet feast of love. In this feast, heaven intersects with earth at this altar. And in this eating and drinking, we have a foretaste of the feast to come. Jesus says, yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus, we reply. Come soon. Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. Have mercy on us. In the name of Jesus, amen.